Thanks for choosing to listen to another City Point West podcast. I trust that this message empowers and encourages you to continue your journey of faith. Enjoy. Thank you, creative team. Let's give these guys a round of applause. Can I tell you that they have given thousands of hours, thousands of hours, so you can stand and worship. Thousands of hours. You know, my whole life I've given thousands upon thousands of hours to bring my gifts and my talents to worship God. That is worship. So if you've got a gift and a talent, if you've got something in your life that you can do, give it. Can, you do, can we agree on that this morning, church? Can we come into agreement this morning, church, that you will give? Have a think about this week, God, what God has blessed you to do. It might be just communicating. It might just be connecting with somebody. It might just be serving in the house. It might, these aren't just things. These are incredible moments where God provides opportunity for you to serve and surrender. Amen? Who's excited for the word? I'm excited for the word. It's a good message. I'm excited because I know this. I know that our God is good. I'm not going to say that. I love how God, how good God is. You know what? There's a tide that's rising in this world today. And that's a tide that needs to be pushed back. It needs to be held at bay. It needs to be held back because it's consuming people's lives. But I also know this, that God is raising an army. God has raised an army. You're an army of people. You're an army that have invested in God. That God has saved, that his blood has turned you from a weakling to a warrior. You need to understand how powerful you are. That the blood has covered every single sin in your life. If you call Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I want you to give him a shout this morning because you are worrying him. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. Come on. Let's lift our voice this morning. You belong to the army of the Lord. You belong to the army of the Lord. Blessed be the Lord, my rock who trains my hands for war. Amen. Giants under your feet this morning, church. A giants under your feet this morning. In Jesus' name they are. Amen. You know what? We can face all manner of challenge. We can face all manner of circumstance. But as long as I see that the giants are under my feet and that God's still on the throne, that Jesus still won and his blood is still pure, we are warriors in him. You're part of his army. Amen. And that's something to be excited about this morning. Because nothing can separate you from God's love. Nothing can. I like to remind myself that, of that all the time. Anointing Sunday, what were you anointed for? What are you anointed for? To do battle, to have victory, to have giants under your feet this morning, to go into the world and push back the flood that's wanting to consume our youth, to consume our minds, to consume our money, to consume everything that God has established. But you're a warrior. You know how to fight. You know how to battle. And you know what? With a mindset of a warrior, with a mindset of a king that has never lost a battle, Jesus has never lost a battle, not when he was a physical human and not when he went down and conquered sin and death. And you were covered with his cloak of blood. Isn't that beautiful? You're a warrior this morning. 
What are you anointed for? I want you to remember a word today. And I'm going, I want you to repeat this after me. Whosoever. Come on, everyone. Whosoever. Whosoever. I'm going to come back to that word in a little while. But that is your word for today. Whosoever. I was thinking the other day, you know, it's, it's no secret that I've been in construction for 35 years. And God is the OG architect. Isn't he, right? He's the OG architect. He, he conceived all things. He spoke all things. And he created vision and purpose out of his love for you and I. Spoke it and it was. You ever stopped and think, how does God speak and, he, and it is? That is something that resides within you and I. Do you know that? We start speaking uh, all negative things. You, you're a weakling. You're not a warrior. You start thinking, think, uh, speaking brokenness and start uh, repeating the highlights or the lowlights of your life. That's a, that's a weakling mentality. That is not the mentality of a warrior that's cloaked in the blood of Jesus Christ this morning. Oh, we're very quiet already. <laughs> well, I'm... You know, architects bring concept into reality. You know that? Architects take a thought and then they sit down and they design a picture of what it's going to look like in the future. That's their job. And not only do they do that, they bring it with vision and they bring it with intent and they bring it with purpose and inclusiveness. That's their framework their parameters that's what an architect does they create structure that combines those things and I get excited when I see the church outwork that structure I get excited when I see our church outwork vision inclusion and and and, and great things that we do I get excited about that because I see who God's created us to be being outworked through what we do, through the gifts that we're given. That inclusion, that inclusiveness. The architect of someone's life. The architecture of your life. Braden, the architecture of your life. What does that look like? Now, given some of us need a little bit of reno, right? Come on, can I see a show here? Not just on the outside. Now, the outside's important. I tell you, the outside of a, biz, of a building is important. It is important. But it's not as important as the structure that keeps it standing. It's nowhere near as important because once the structure loses its integrity, it will fail. Who's the architect of your life today? Who's building your structure? Who's designing you? What vision and purpose is coming to your life? What are you speaking over your marriages? What are you speaking over your relationships? What are you speaking over your children? What are you speaking over your future? Are you letting the OG architect speak to your life and uh, uh, fill you with vision? Are you letting the OG architect shape who you are, bring the materials to your life and letting him put it together? Or are you doing it yourself? Interesting, right? Structure is really important. But there's another step still that needs to be implemented in our lives. 
I, I just want to pray two seconds. I want to pray this. May God this year, may God this year bless your life to be the best year of your life. This year, I pray that over every person here. Best year of your relationship. Best year of your home. Best year of your work. Best year of your renovation. I pray that over every life here. May this be my prayer to you from God. May it be the best year of your life. May you go from strength to strength in Jesus' name. May you go from weakling to warrior in Jesus' name. Because there is a tide that's coming in this morning, church, and we need to be warriors for Jesus. We need to stop looking at the ground and start looking at the blood and go, that blood is impenetrable. That blood covers me and cloaks me in Jesus' name. I am consumed by it. Every thought that I have, I wash it against the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And we take captive every thought and we pull it down. Because I choose to be a warrior, not a weakling. That's worth it is. Praise Jesus. I ask God this year, give me a prayer for my life. I asked God, and he answered me. <laughs> you know when you ask God things right, and you're like, God, I'll just, and you're like, you're not quite ready for the answer. You're like, hang on, that's not what I had in mind. Is anyone like that? That's like every year of my life, right? I ask God this. Help me understand what I am to do this year for you. And more importantly, how do you want me to do that? Because it's easy for us to take what God tells us and turn that spiritual uh, uh, understanding into a carnal outworking. Where we lead carnally, but we're spoken to spiritually. Now, if we do that in the right way, that's fantastic. If we do it in the wrong way, no good's coming from that. So I ask God to help me understand what I'm to do this year and how he wants me to do it. And the answer I got was this. Live a surrendered life. There's a difference between submission and surrender. I can submit to somebody or something but not surrender to them. This church and many churches at one time or another have people filled with them that have submitted to God, but haven't surrendered to His Word. That haven't surrendered their life to a place of God, your will be done. Not mine. God said to me, you need to live a surrendered life. A surrendered life. I want you to think about what that is for you. You know, the Apostle Paul Lived a, lived, in a, lived a surrendered life. Paul was about inclusion. Paul was about reaching people for Christ. And I thought, what could be better this year as a surrendered life to lead one person into the kingdom of God? It's easy to be busy. It's easy to go through the motions it's easy to go through the thing but at the end of the day someone 
surrendered their life enough to leave you and me. Someone surrendered their life enough to stop thinking about themselves and went, God, I need you to be the architect. I need to stop being the architect and designing my own life. I need you to change the structure that is within me and build me into what you want me to be. Build me into a person of inclusion, not exclusion, not subject to some exclusive practice, but inclusive to all men. Because God was inclusive to every one of us. I thought, how good would it be if this year we could be inclusive enough, we could broaden our world enough that we could step out of our comfort zones into a world of the unsaved and win somebody for Christ this year. Can you just take that on, whosoever? Can we just agree? And I know it's a big agreement for a lot of people that you will be open enough and expand your world big enough to lead someone into the kingdom of God. This year, this year, let that resonate in your heart. Let that be your guide. Let that be your prayer. Wouldn't it be an incredible year to end this year with each one of us saying, you know what, Jesus, I help walk with that person to find you. I would love more than anything else at the end of this year to know that I've led somebody out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Somebody from a weak position into a, in a position of a warrior. Someone that is cloaked in the blood of Jesus Christ. I would love that more than just about anything. Because that's what we're called to do. Because someone gave their life so you could be here. And you know what? Someone gave their life for that person so they could be who they are. 1 Corinthians 9 says this. And, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to break some things down today. It says, 1 Corinthians 9.19, and I love the message version. It says, even though I am free of the demands and expectations of everybody. Don't you love that? I voluntarily become a servant to any and all in order to reach a wide range of people, religious, non-religious, meticulous, moralists, loose-living immoralists, the defeated, the demoralized, whoever. I became a servant to any and all. That's a, that's a big call. That is a, big, that is a real structure change, right? That is a massive design change. That is a variation in your life to become a servant to any and all, to allow God to change that structure within you, to go, you know what? I owe my life. I owe my life. I will serve the purposes of God. I will serve the purposes of the kingdom. I will serve the blood, not my carnality and not, not the man. So I've got five quick thoughts on how Paul's life was renovated. And how he became the architect of inclusion. Number one, Paul's architecture changed who he was. 
He starts his teaching off by saying this, even though I am free of the demands and expectations of everyone, I have voluntarily become a servant to all. That is a positioning of yourself. That is a heart posture. That is an understanding of the power of the blood of Christ and the purpose that he came. So much of our life is self-serving. Come on. Is it not? Are we, are, we, are, we, are we learning here today? So much of our life is self-serving and then trying to get over ourselves. <laughs> so we do go, right, I'm serving myself. And then you go, oh, gee, I messed all that up. I need to get over myself because all of a sudden guilt, shame and all this other stuff comes in. And we go on this like cycle. It's crazy, right? Getting over your self-loathing, getting over your self-confidence issues, self-importance issues. Anyone got any self-importance issues? Oh, come on, I've had some self-important issues. We're amongst friends. Come on. Just me. Okay. All right, I've got one hand up the back. That's okay. I'm not alone. Self-importance. Self-position. Self-prospering. Self. And then we just work really hard to get over it. John 8, 36 and 37 says this, Jesus said, I tell you most solemnly that anyone who chooses a life of sin is trapped in a dead-end life and is in fact a slave. And is in fact a slave. A slave can't come and go at will. The son, though, has an established position has the run of the house. So if you, if the sun sets you free, you are free indeed. Oh, that's that speaks completely objectively or against self. You see, you can't be free and be full of self. It's really tough to do. I've tried it, it doesn't work. I've spent many years of my life proclaiming the goodness of God and the blood of Jesus Christ. And being full of self, it's in conflict with each other. Because that's the difference between surrender and submission. Then he says, I can't live a life of freedom because of what I need to do. What do we need to do, church? We need to reach people and pray, absolutely. We need to reach people. That's what you're called to do. There's no point having a church full of Christians and a world full of people going to hell. That's not what you're called to do. If you are God's hands and feet, you've got to work out, outwork from a place of surrender to reach people, sit and talk with people, to lead people. How can I serve you? Because I'll tell you this, it doesn't matter how strong someone's will is how strong someone's heart is, how strong someone's character is, if you can live a life like this. You'll win them for Christ. Because it's not you, it's the power of the blood of Jesus Christ that will shape their heart, that will, with, will, will break down their architecture, that will reshape the structure I cannot tell you how many times I've 
taught and lectured and lectured and lectured. And after months of lecturing, students have come to me and said, what is it about you? And my answer to them is this. When you're ready to listen, I will tell you. But I continue to serve them. I can continue to speak life and tell them how amazing their future is going to be. Tell them what great things lie before them. And envision them and fill them with love and hope and fruit. And they go, oh, my marriage is a mess. Well, let's talk about how you're behaving. Let's talk about what's going on in your life. How are you serving your partner? Or do you expect everyone to serve you? Paul captured the vision and the purpose of the architect. Do you know what? He went from killing us. <laughs> he went from killing us. People like you and me, off with the head. Or even worse. To serving humanity. He allowed Christ to change his architecture, to change his structure. And when he got that vision and he got uh, the inclusiveness of mankind and he understood the purpose that Jesus came to become the architect of inclusion. Isn't that great? That's actually really cool. The vision and the purpose of the architect, he shifted from structure that needed envisioning to self-leading, to leaning into God, to listening to God, to allowing the Word of God to change and shape his thinking, to taking every thought into captivity. And his structure changed. His mindset changed. His heart changed. You know, the biggest challenge I believe Paul had was after murdering us and killing us, was dealing with the guilt and the shame. I understand freedom. Imagine the freedom that he would have to surrender to God. God, I am who I am but by your grace. What a position. Think about that for a minute. Bringing freedom and vision inclusion to others. That's your job. That's a surrendered life. I love that. If I'm going to be effective in the kingdom of God, if I'm going to bring people into the kingdom, I need to do a few things. Number one, put people first. Number two, add value to them. It's easy to put yourself first. It's easy to think to yourself. It's easy to go, well, this is what I'm doing, and I don't care how it affects or who it affects. But people are always watching. <laughs> if I've learned anything as a Christian, as a leader... The people are always watching you. They're looking at you going, are they worthwhile? Is it just a, 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 what we call in the industry a Dulux Renault? Is it a nice lick of paint and a few curtains? Or is the structure being renovated? Has God removed the rotten wood? Has he removed the rot that's within your life? Has he removed the challenge of your soul? Has he, have you surrendered to the point where your structure is sound in Christ? Incredible. 
when you think about it, that's all Jesus did. He added value to people and he led them well. He did, didn't he? He spoke life into them. Didn't matter who they were. Didn't matter where they came from. It didn't matter what culture they came from. Jew, Gentile, coloured, not coloured, I don't know. Didn't matter, blind, lame, lepers, sickness. Can we just add value to you? How can I add value to your life? How can I add value to your life? Imagine if we walked out every single day with a mindset of how can I add value to your life in Jesus' name? What a great position to be in. And get out of self. Get away from our self-thinking. Get away from our self and started thinking like Christ. You know, our, tra- our transition from structure to architect is done exactly by pouring vision and inclusion into someone else's life. Because when you give of yourself, you're not taking for yourself. Crazy, eh? Philippians 2.1 says this. I love how he puts this. If you've gotten anything out of following Christ, if his love has made any difference in your life, if being in a community of the Spirit means anything to you, if you have a heart, if you care, there's like, hey, come on, let me draw your attention to some things here. Then do me a favor. Agree with each other, love each other, be deep-spirited friends, don't push your way to the front, don't sweet-talk your way to the top, put yourself aside and help others get ahead. Don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage, forget yourselves long enough to lend a helping hand. (laughs) Think of yourselves uh, the way Christ Jesus thought of himself, He had equal status with God, but didn't think so much of himself that he had to cling to the advantage of that status, no matter what, not at all. But when the time came, he set aside the privileges of deity and took on the status of a slave and became human. Having become human, he stayed human. And it was an incredibly humbling process. And he didn't claim special privileges. Instead, he lived a life... uh, lived a selfless, obedient life and then died a selfless, obedient death and the worst kind of death at that, a crucifixion. Doesn't that paint a picture for your life? If you want to be like Jesus, just do what Jesus did. Give it all up for others. Be inclusive. Step out of your comfort zone. Paul's architecture not only... He had no territory, he had no turf, he had no house. Because you can't give those things if you're going to be inclusive. You can't hang on to those boundaries around your life, no matter what they might look like to you. He says, I voluntarily became a servant, even though I'm free, to any and all. What would it take for you and I to voluntarily become a servant to any and all? What's got to shift in your life? What what fences need to come down? What boundaries need to be expanded? What things do you need to let go of? What hurts are you still hanging on to and hiding from the blood of Christ? What things are you hanging on this way and not surrendering this way? Because that's all about you. 
That's about self. If you're hanging on to that stuff, that's you. I get they hurt. But don't you want to be free of that? Don't you want to not be weak in that anymore? Don't you want to be a warrior, not a weakling in Christ? Don't you want to let the blood of Jesus Christ, you walk as a warrior arm in arm with other warriors to fend off these things and be able to help someone, to speak vision and life into them, to make them inclusive? Or do you just want to sit and bite your bottom lip in the corner and go, yeah, yeah, I'm a Christian. That's not who you're called to be. Is he under your feet this morning, church? Are they under your feet this morning, church? Are your giants under your feet this morning? Are they, it doesn't sound like it. Are your giants under the feet this morning? They're under my feet. As long as Jesus is on the throne and God is God, the victory is won. The victory is won. The victory is won in Jesus' name. We know the end of the book. The victory is won. Your giants are under your feet. You just gotta, you just gotta see that. You just gotta see it and let God be God, and stop trying to take control. Look at your neighbor and say, "God loves the people. God loves me." Just start there. Just look, look at your neighbor and say, "God loves you." God loves you. All right. Look at your neighbor and say, "God loves the people I don't know." Look at your neighbor and say, God loves the people I don't like. Your tone was a little different on that one. God loves you. You know, it took me the longest time to actually accept that God loved me. It took me a long, long time still hanging on to her, hanging on to problems, hanging on to challenges. To go, you know what? I'm tired of carrying this stuff. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. And Jesus went, finally. <laughs> Let me ask you another question. And I want you to think about this one. Who would you like to see in your world enter into the kingdom of God this year? I want you to, I want you to think about that because I want to imprint this in your mind right now. I want you to think of someone in your world this year that you intentionally are going to step out of your comfort zone, surrender to them, and lead them, and serve them, and add value to them into the kingdom of God. Have you got a picture in your mind this morning, church, of who that is? Is God speaking to you about somebody? Is the Holy Spirit challenging you? For me, it's my brother. Who is it that God is speaking to you about? Are you big enough to be small enough? For me, that's a big mountain to climb, I can assure you. But God's bigger than that. Jesus' love can break down anybody. If you're willing to surrender. Number two, real quick. Paul's architecture established his identity. 
He said, I didn't take on their way of life, but I kept my, ble- I kept my bearings in Christ. He says, now, I want to the- reach the whoever's, right? But I don't have to become like them. You don't have to do all the stuff they're doing. You just need to be you in that environment because you're a warrior, not a weakling. You don't have to bend and fold. You can stand this. This is absolutely true. You'll never find out who you truly are until you're in a position where you have to choose, do I become like them or do I keep my bearings in Christ and lead them? It's easy to become like people for people to like you. It's much harder to allow your structure to carry you. It's easy to forget why we're here. We're not here to sit around and sing Kumbaya and hold hands. True. We're here to be salt and light. Matthew 5 says, here to be salt and light. All of us need to be constantly reminded that we're here for one reason, and that is to get the bride of Christ ready. Who is the bride of Christ? Whoever. Whosoever. Who are you bringing into the bride of Christ? Who are you leading into the kingdom this year? Can that be your challenge? Number three, Paul's architecture challenged him to enter their world. To do that, he had to get out of his comfort zone. He says that I entered their world and I tried to experience life from where they're at. We so often want everyone to subscribe to our way of thinking. Is anyone like that? No, 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 no. You don't understand. You don't know how I think. Instead of stopping and going, why do you think that way? How can I understand you better so I can come alongside you and then start to allow the Spirit of God and the character and the structure that He's built within me lead and shape and change your thinking so you are, are, are someone that they can ask questions to. You go, mate, I'm here to serve you. I'm okay with being me. You're okay with being you. I'm not here to make you a Christian. I'm here to show you the love of Christ. Because I don't care about making you a Christian. I care about seeing you in eternity. I care about each and every one of them like Jesus did. We need to get into the world of the whoever's and do our best to see things from their point of view. They're never going to be comfortable with you until you're comfortable with where they're at. And we need to stop trying to move them around to our way of thinking. Just fill them with love, acceptance and inclusion. That's all you need to do. Number four, Paul's architecture helped him to become creative. I'm creative. I'm a creative person. Is anyone who's not a creative person in the room? Come on. Let me see your hands. Can I just say that's not actually true? You are creative because God spoke and created the world and we are made in His image and you are created in God's image and you are creative. It doesn't matter what you're creative at. But you are a creative living being. Your mere existence, that to bring you to where you are today, 
has caused you to creatively be here. It's good to know you're creative, right? You've got talent. You've got some skills. Paul said, I've become just about every sort of servant in the attempt to lead those I meet into a God-saved life. Now, when he said, I've become any kind of servant, how creative do I need to be to lead that person that the Spirit's just put in your mind into the kingdom? How do you need to add value to them? How do you need to include them? Someone looked at you one day and said, how do I add value to that person? And here you are. Paul lived his life based on what he knew. Not one on, sorry, Paul lived his life based not on what he knew, but how he could serve. To win someone for Christ, you've got to find them first. You're not going to find them without looking. You can't clean the fish until you catch the fish. Is that true? Kim's not even here for that one. Right? You can't clean the fish until you catch the fish. We don't want to be a bunch of fish cleaners that hasn't caught anything. There's always a way to reach people for Christ. There's always a way for me to be creative. It's as simple as that. You just need to find them where they're at. Verse 22 says this, To the weak I became weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. Now this I do for the gospel's sake, that I am a partaker with you. When I get to heaven, there's going to be lots of Christians around. Is that fair enough? So if we're supposed to get the bride ready, we need to start hanging out with some sinners. In a good way, right? <laughs> not in a bad way. Don't say Pastor Steve went out and said I can go clubbing. That's not what I'm saying here. If you want to stand outside and pray for them, I'm okay with that. I think we're way, we are way educated in the church, way beyond our level of obedience to the gospel. Oh, that's a tough one. And I know for my life, uh, transformation, what transformed me wasn't intellectual scripture, it was someone adding value to me, leading me to the architect, leading you to the architect. And I'm glad they did. You know, at Christmas time, I love buying my wife gifts. I love being intentional about the gifts that I buy her. And let me tell you something. When you've been married for 30 years, it's hard to find the right gift that fits. Because you've bought everything. That's going to give you the same response, equal to the effort. I know this. There's going to be a day when I stand before Jesus. I wonder what gift that I will take him. It won't be me. I'll be someone else's gift. You know that? When I stand before Christ, I want to say thank you, number one. Thank you for what you did for me. I'd like to have people around me that I could say, 
Jesus. I was part of their journey. I'd love to be in a place where I just didn't stand there empty-handed. To be surrounded by lives that I poured into. Lives that I sowed vision and inclusion and influence and life into. We had anointing Sunday. What are you anointed for? What are you anointed for? To get the bride ready. Let's close our eyes this morning. Father God, I thank you, my God. I thank you, Father God. I thank you for what you've done for me. I thank you for what you've done to each and every person here. Lord, I thank you that you are our great architect. Lord, I thank you, Father God, that you have rebuilt the structure inside each and every one of us. Holy Spirit, I thank you, Father God, that you dwell within that structure. Father God, I thank you, Lord, that you lead me, Father, beside still waters. Lord, who is it you want me to lead this year? What have you anointed me for, Father? And what needs to come out of me so I can continue to surrender to you? Father God, I pray for everyone here, Lord. I pray blessing over their life, anointing over their life, anointing, anointing, anointing over their life. Anoint them, Father God, anoint them, Father God. Lord, let them open their eyes to you, Father. Live a surrendered life. In Jesus' name. If you don't know Jesus, if you don't know who the architect of your life is, if your structure is crumbling and failing on you, I would love to introduce you to someone that can repair and restore who you were always intended to be. This is not about me and it's not about this church. It's about your eternity. If you want to know where your eternity with Jesus lies, I just want you to slip your hand up this morning. Is there anyone in this room? I'm not going to labor on this your opportunity if the Spirit of God is speaking to you. Father God, I just thank you, Lord, for everyone. I pray blessing over their life, Lord. I just thank them this week, my God. Lord, as we stand to our feet today, as we go out, we're going to go out praising God. We're going to go out not in weakness. We're going to go out as warriors in Jesus' name. Come on, let's stand to our feet. Let's stand to our feet today. Are there any warriors in the house this morning? Are there any people that got giants under their feet this morning? This message will keep speaking to you as you continue your day. So for more information about City Point West, jump on citypointchurch.com or follow our social media accounts, Instagram, City Point West, or our Facebook, City Point Church West. Have a great day.